Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Safe and Empowered podcast. I'm Jess Macbeth, a consultant with SWGFL, partner in the UK Safer Internet Centre. Safer Internet Day 2021 will have the theme, An Internet We Trust, Exploring Reliability in the Online World. Today, I'm joined by Ellie Prophet, Education and Youth Engagement Manager at Childnet International, and we're going to talk about young people's perspectives on online information. Welcome and hello, Ellie. Hello. So uh, thank you for coming. And before we talk about the research that you've done, who are you and what is Childnet International? Um, So I'm Ellie. I'm the... uh... Education and Youth Engagement Manager at, at Childnet, and we're also a partner in the UK Safer Internet Centre. Um, and in my role, I lead our education team, and we go out into schools when it's not in lockdown uh, restrictions, and we speak to young people, parents, teachers, all about staying safe online and the positives of the internet. And we also create lots of resources for schools to use with young people as well. Um, Childhood International is an online safety charity. We've been going for good on about 25 years now. Um, And our mission and our goal is to try and make the internet a great and safe place for all young people. And of course, Childnet uh, is one of the partners in the UK Safe Internet Centre as well. Yes, we are. Okay, my opening question for you. Young people, it's all about influences these days, isn't it? Well, Jess, (laughs) you say that. Ah. (laughs) Um, We have been doing a little bit of research into this as part of the theme of this year's Safe Internet Day. Um, And influencers pose quite a contentious issue for young people. Um, And I feel like there's maybe starting to be a bit of a backlash against them. Um, We we spoke to lots of young people, um, kind of we spoke to some year sixes, we spoke to some, some older students as, as well, all part of our research for next year's um, Safer Internet Day theme that you mentioned, um, all about online uh, reliability. And um, it was great to be able to speak to them again because we haven't been able to be out in schools for, for quite a long time. So it was great to hear what, what the latest trends and experiences are and influences came up, particularly with the secondary age group as something that um, they either sort of let them be and say well if they're doing no harm it's fine I'll just kind of ignore them and do my own thing or they were finding them really annoying um, and quite quite over them and finding them maybe a bit overbearing and starting to see through some of the techniques that influencers use around sponsored content and um, advertising um, product placement that kind of thing. Oh that is fascinating I can remember being at an event Oh, it was it was before lockdown, right? That's that's all that happens now. It's like before lockdown and after lockdown. That's that's how my life is divided. But it was before lockdown. I was at an event and I can remember some young people talking about um, viral videos mm-hmm. and and describing them as something like not being advertising or something like that. So not kind of recognizing that you know brands were going in and and creating videos to you know w- with 
with the intention essentially to advertise. Mm. But maybe we're seeing then the tide is turning a little bit. Potentially. I think there's so many ways now that advertisers use the online space to get their message and their, their products out there. It's quite hard for young people to be able to recognise every single one. But I think there are some forms that they do see a lot of. Maybe that's where they're getting this um, tiredness of them from. Um, the the younger pupils we spoke to, that was quite interesting and their perspectives, um, because I feel like that age group, maybe the kind of 10 to 11 year olds are becoming so much more marketed at because there's, they're, oh, they're online. Oh, depressing me now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they're such a, you know, a consumer group now. They, they've got money. They're spending it online. Um, and we heard from them about how, you know, TikTok and YouTube are, are big things for them. And um, oh they t- were telling us about how, you know, they they get annoyed at sponsor content, especially if it's it feels quite sneaky. It's been tried to kind of get past them somehow. Um, well, I was I was going to say that because surely then what would happen is that influencers and and brands will start to create content that tries to seem authentic. Yes, <laughs> it's still advertising. Yeah, exactly. And I think the line is so subtle, uh, and I think young people are very good at picking up when the person they're watching is being paid to promote something. I think, however good they are at that, there's always something that that gives that away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was also another thing they spoke about, which was merch, like merchandise. Um, from... well, you've got all the lingo now, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, oh, I know. We're picking it all up. But um, they they were telling us how they didn't really associate the idea of merch with advertising or with kind of, you know, being sold something um, because they saw merch from their favourite TikToker or YouTube star as something that was kind of separate to that issue because it was showing that they they liked that person that's right their, their kind of tribe you know so if you get to wear a hoodie with the slogan of your favorite um content creator on that that shows that's kind of part of your identity and they didn't quite um associate that with it being a form the of fact that you're literally advertising exactly you're down the street. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know do we all fall for that though you know it's like the old trainers thing isn't it you've got to have a certain brand exactly uh, have the right tick on it or whatever yeah Gosh. Um, okay, so lots there then actually about influencers. And I bet there's some really interesting conversations going on, both through, you know, young people, but also within companies and brands then about how they reach reach through that kind of level of um oh what's the word? I can't think of the word, but you know, when you've kind of got over it, you've had enough of all yeah, of that. Kind of like, so lots yeah. there about advertising. Yes. What else did you did you pick up from this research? Or why, or do you want to do as a quick rundown? What were the kind of key things that came out? How did it work? What, who, who did you speak to? Sure. So normally we'd, we'd go out in person into schools, but obviously we couldn't do this time around. So we um, we really wanted to make a big effort to still get young people's voice because that's really at the heart of what we want Safe Internet Day to be. So instead, we um, we held an online focus group with some of our digital champions from our Digital Leader Programme, kind of young ambassadors for online safety. Um, and they were all secondary age. Uh, we also sent out a survey to some other secondary school um, young people that we have in kind of other networks, and they shared amongst their friends and friends of friends. Um, and to get the primary age, we spoke to some year sixes and their teacher in an online session as well. So that was really nice to get that connection back with young people again. Um, and the headline kind of stats that came from all of this research and focus groups that we did 
Firstly, the kind of area we've we've already covered around um, advertising and influencers and the kind of sponsored content and how that is presented and recognised by young people online. Um, obviously, we spoke about fake news and the whole misinformation, disinformation areas. Um, okay, need to talk about that. Yes, <laughs> and then um, that that kind of led on to um, a big part of the theme for Safer Internet Day, actually, which is you know what is the um, emotional kind of well-being impact that seeing this this stuff online is having on young people um, and we also spoke about how they're dealing with that amongst their own peer groups and amongst their own kind of family and friends online as well. Okay so let's talk then fake news, misinformation, what were they saying? So fake news came up really quickly um, especially with the the secondary group it kind of came up instantly and we debated quite a lot about whether we use that term um in our resources and in the theme because it's I feel like it's become yeah, something that doesn't it. mean mm. anything now because it's so overused but it's it's what young people are, are using themselves um and that came up quickly and they they kind of aware you know really aware it could be hurtful and then it can really annoy people. Um, and also just how saturated their online lives are with fake news. They're coming ac- across it all the time, every day, lots of different places online. Did and, they give you any examples? Um, Anything spring to mind? I'm trying to think. I think they're just aware of, you know, people sharing things on social media, interesting links, news stories, that kind of thing. Hmm. I feel like maybe there's a bit of a trend amongst some young people to want to be the voice of reason online. So want to prove to other people that they found the answer, you know, and kind of want to kind of call call each other out and be like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Because, look, I've done all this online research. Wow. There's a yeah. whole other podcast. <laughs> that. that is because I often think about there's, there's that idea of kind of being right. You know, yeah. we like to be right. And we like to bring people down. You know, there's an aspect mm. of the kind of mob mentality, isn't there, online? Um, but there's also the kudos. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got the answer. Yeah, definitely. Fascinating. Okay, sorry, I, I, I interrupted. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so fake news, they were, they, especially when we spoke to our digital champions who are really engaged in online safety and all things online, internet related, um, we came onto the issue of the Black Lives Matter movement and the marches that took place and how that got represented online. And they really like the fact that you could engage with it online and it's how they're accessing information and how they're kind of showing support and getting involved with those discussions. Mm. But they were also so suspicious of how it had been represented, um, of kind of photo editing or showing videos kind of out of context, you know, that have been kind of clipped um, and were really concerned about how that was misrepresenting what what had gone on. So to, can I can I ask you again? I'm, I'm going to. Do you know what? I really should. I'm going to ask all these detailed questions. You're not going to know the answer. But I wondered in that conversation, was there a sense of turning away from, um, you know, sources of information? So, so one of the big dangers that we have with kind of misinformation and disinformation is that people start to just go. Do you know what? I can't trust anything. I'm just going to switch off. Like it's just nothing. Nothing can be true. Mm. And I wondered if you had any sense of that versus 
some of the research that we had during lockdown, for example, and I think it's coming back again, which is that in general, people are turning to trusted sources of information, you know, so they're going to kind of public service broadcasters, you know, back to kind of more mm. traditional sources of information because there's more trust apparently there. I wondered if any of that came out and you're probably going to say to me, oh, you've put me on the spot. And I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it's a tricky one because I feel like the young people we spoke to about this issue are particularly engaged in big issues mm. like that so they were really they really wanted to make sure they had the right answers um but generally I feel like maybe there is a, a bit of that um and I feel like again coming from that focus group with those those young people they said oh well if I need to check something I will go and look on a particular newspaper site right. thinking that that mm. was going to give them the facts without kind of realizing that newspapers can still be really biased as well and it's not always yes. the place where you're going to get the absolute truth it's going to be presented in a in a particular way well and sometimes they get it wrong yeah I mean remember that <laughs> dolphin in dolphins in Venice thing do you remember at the beginning of lockdown no I think I there, was, there, was, there was a big story about how dolphins had returned to the to the canals in Venice because you know nothing was happening everybody was was shut down and it was part of the kind of environmental boost of lockdown and it was I'm sure it was in some you know on on some newspaper sites you know pictures of dolphins mm. and such no, clearly dolphins did not return. To <laughs> so sometimes it's just mistakes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we we put so much trust in the online world because it's there in print in front of us, and actually, mm. it's it's important to remember it is people behind it at the end of the day that is populating our our online world with information. That's you're right, not always the the most um, reliable. No. no, gosh. Okay. Anything else then on the general fake news misinformation? Um, perhaps one thing that was interesting from the younger group the year six peoples we spoke about was how he's seven in scotland ah right um, don't worry about it i'm just keeping that in there <laughs> no, <that's good. laughs> um so just how how aware they were of the term and you know aware that it can it's it's quite a tab- i don't want to say taboo but it's a very contentious subject it's very current and it's kind of everywhere and it was just interesting to see how they had obviously picked up on it and knew that it was something we all had to do and think about and it kind of made me a little bit sad that that group so young were having to have that in mind when they when they're going online but at the same time I guess it is important they do have to learn some at some point uh, but it just felt like yeah they were taking quite a lot on at quite a young age. Mm. So that I guess segues us nicely into what's the impact? Mm. Yeah, so this was a big part um, of wanting to do this research because we wanted to bring in the emotional and kind of well-being impact on young people into the theme for next year's Safer Internet Day. Um, And we asked through a kind of small survey of some of the older years, what sort of things around this area upset you, kind of what has the most negative impact on you? And the things that came out as the most negative were around um, kind of the, the edited images and the perfect profile side of things where it might be friends, peers, people you know, celebrities uh, posting edited images and that having that kind of negative effect on your self-esteem. Um, but also clickbait, they said, had a negative um, impact on them as well as impersonations and also just fake content in general, they said. Made them so what feel... did they mean by the, the clickbait having a, a negative impact? 
I think just the um, maybe having to work to ignore it in a way or kind of get over it perhaps um just to like give a little anecdote from for one of the younger children she told us about um how it annoys her when she's watching videos where it will be a little thumbnail video and it will say something like watch to the end for the big surprise or something so she'll invest all that time watch that video get to the end and it's something really anticlimactic and she feels like she's been kind of duped right got you yes Yes. Yeah. So oh, it is irritating when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there was only, there was one thing that um, they said had a had a positive impact on them, which was um, satirical content. So that was quite nice to hear that actually young people recognise that sometimes false or kind of misleading information can be used in in a positive way, in like a silly, a funny way, and they were enjoying that side of it as well. So that, and I suppose that then really fits into this idea of kind of meme culture, doesn't Mm, it? I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the memes that young people enjoy sharing and I'm like, I don't understand this thing. (laughs) It's supposed to be funny and I don't get it. (laughs) I feel really, really old. Um, But also that what you were saying then about their sophistication. Mm. So what age group was it that we're we're talking about the kind of satirical aspects? Was that secondary or was that? Yeah, that that, that was secondary. Right. Um, so we had mm. quite a quite a good range all the way from 11 to 18. Okay. Gosh. So lots there to think about in terms of impact. Um and it sounds like the children were quite quite self-aware then. Yeah, I think they they spend so much time online. I think you can't help but come across things that make you question what you're seeing or you know hear about what someone else ha- has gone through or found that then makes you question what you've seen. Um, so I feel yeah. like the awareness is is spreading, and also young people don't want to be the the one who's fallen for it, um, and to be you know have to be sort of schooled by by their peers if they post something oh, that is later yeah. than kind of um, their their friends and their followers say oh my gosh I can't believe you've fallen for this and you've posted it they don't want to be that person so they're quite oh. actively yeah you know trying to avoid being that person we always circle so many of these conversations and we circle back round to one emotion which is shame Mm. you know Mm. trying to avoid shame shaming other people being shamed (laughs) yeah 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 it's a really powerful emotion and I suppose particularly when you're at when you're at an age where kind of peers are really really important to you and you are trying to settle into what the hierarchy is and and how you are with everybody else and demonstrate your popularity and demonstrate friendships and stuff. So this is just another thing to add into that that could, you know, that could be problematic for you if you trip over and and share the wrong thing. Was there any conversation about, um, because we're kind of talking about, I suppose, just young people, but young people are in families and they are, you know, in different, they're engaged with different kinds of content online. Was there any other kind of relational aspect to to how kind of um, misinformation was shared or, you know, how they navigate that whole, that whole arena. Mm. Yeah. So kind of spoken a lot about their, their friends and their peers, but obviously young people are in contact with their family and older relatives online a lot as well. And just a little kind of snippet that came out um, through the survey was the idea of young people being in their family group chats and having relatives, you know, be friends with them online and the kind of responsibility they felt with having to correct older family members for posting inaccurate things. So, um, you know, I, I heard a story where one girl was just sort of 
despairing at her mum because her mum had posted on their family group chat um, a supposed message from the government around kind of height of the lockdown that said everyone needs to go outside at this time um, with as little clothes on as possible. The government was sending drones over to take everyone's temperatures um, from from high above them. And the mum was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this? And her daughter was just kind of laugh half half laughing half crying I think saying where have you got this from this isn't this isn't true this isn't accurate this is this is a joke that you've fallen for um so that was one of the kind of the funnier um aspects of it but it it is a burden on young people they're they're kind of having to educate their older family and and relatives into what they've been doing for quite a while now you know checking the source checking the motive thinking carefully before sort of uh believing something without without properly doing that that kind of background check yeah that fits absolutely in with some research that was done a year or two ago about adults on facebook mm. um and well about people on facebook and and it and it showed that i can't remember what age group was over 60s over 65s were seven times more likely to share fake news stories on facebook than the kind of youngest age group that were on there and and the suggested reasoning for that was to do with a lack of essential media literacy skills you know the basic skills yeah uh, that we've been focusing on with with young people gosh oh wow it's it, I mean it's 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 fascinating and I suppose it also demonstrates a, a level of responsibility that's needing to be taken by by young people um as well but the potential I suppose for conflict also is is really high too yeah i mean i think with misinformation and and disinformation online and the whole arena of fake news and reliability we often focus on just being able to spot it or not Uh, but actually there's the whole other side of it is you know how are young people affected by it and if you see something online that is painting a particular group of society in a really negative light perhaps one you identify with that can be really hurtful and it feels like maybe the world is even more against you um than than you, you first thought and it can feel i think young people can feel quite powerless sometimes at just the sheer amount of it that that they face online yes yes okay well let's talk about how do we empower young people then so we've already mentioned all the research that you did was part of the preparations for say for internet day 2021 mm-hmm. and so we'll have education packs uh, as we normally do for the kind of full range uh, of young people and uh, for parents as well covering misinformation uh, and disinformation and all those kind of issues that we need to address are there any other um, resources or kind of tips or key things that you think it would be really good for educators to know about when they're thinking about all of these topics and working with young people Mm. Um, so there will be a pack for educators in the safe internet day packs as well to help them um, pick up this theme and kind of find ways to look at it in their settings Um, we'll also have some films coming out short films to use with young people kind of of that kind of conversation starter Um, because we know it can be sometimes quite difficult just to start having those discussions around this issue um, so we want to make it as easy as possible for educators to do that um, we'll also yes. have lots of top tips um, and information on the safe internet day website um, just to be able to 
open up this topic I think it, it maybe it sometimes feels young people um, are either apathetic or just not into it um, but I think once you can start those conversations there's so much more to it than just fake news um, there's there's loads of things that are directly affecting young people's lives and I think that's where the conversation can really pick up when it when they can feel like it is relevant to them yeah I, I suppose it's even just about starting off an open conversation so just asking them about their experiences I'm also minded of course of um, Southwest Grid's um, Project Evolve which is projectevolve.co.uk uh, which has educational materials uh, un- underpinning the Education of Connected World framework. But one of the strands there, there are eight strands, and one of the strands is managing online information. And so that's educational materials addressing all of these kind of topics as well, all free uh, for educators as well. Okay, well, that I mean, it's been a fantastic, interesting conversation. Have we covered everything? Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I think we've covered a lot, but yeah, the main thing I would want to take away from this topic is is just yeah asking the questions getting interested in young people's lives um hearing about the funny side of of this issue as well as kind of the more serious and maybe using that as the bridge to get to the stuff that is really going to help young people be able to navigate this um as as they grow up fabulous thank you very much ellie thank you so as always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk. And if you have a question or topic you'd like me to cover on the podcast, don't forget to drop me an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Goodbye. <laughs>